for today's message. The notes are right there online. If you're listening by a podcast, we're glad that you're tuned in as well. Today we're concluding our series that we have self-entitled Cultivate because we're sharing the heart of who we are as a church. It's important to know the why behind the what. We know that churches exist. We know that people are a part of churches, but for us, it's extremely important for us to be able to give the definition of the why, to define the very reason or the purpose that we exist, the why behind the what. And I want to tell you today that church is not a logo or a personality. It's not just about a street address. For us, it's about the people. Looking at what Scripture says about the church is it defines us as individuals coming together to do something on uh, collective terms more than we could ever do on our own. In other words, we're better together. And I put on your screen a verse right here out of Joshua chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, that clearly defines to me what I think our role is as individuals and as the collective church. And here's what it says. Your strong warriors, fully armed, must lead the other tribes across the Jordan to help them conquer their territory. In other words, it's not just about us, it's about others. Stay with them until the Lord gives them rest as he's given you rest and until they too possess the land that God is giving to them. Only then may you return and settle here on the east side of the Jordan River in the land that Moses, the servant of the Lord, has assigned to you. Now here's the important thing to understand in that verse of Scripture. The context is people literally in battle and they are trying to take or conquer land that God has promised to them. They're coming out of slavery into a place of freedom. And literally, it's like they're there, like it is being presented to them. What you've been praying for, God has placed over here and said it's yours. All you have to do is walk into it and take it. Yet before you do, I need you to do something for me because there's another group of people back here that aren't as strong as you. They're not as put together as you are. They haven't learned the lessons that you've learned yet. They're not where you are, so I need you to help them get to where I want them to be. In other words, you have said yes to Jesus and you have experienced God's grace and the joy of living for God. You've experienced salvation and the hope of heaven. But before we all fly away some glad morning and before we worry about that cabin in the corner of heaven, whatever you pictured the the latest of eternity to be, here's the deal. Before we settle into that, we need to realize there are still people all around us that need a little help getting to where you are. Because the same thing that you have received is the same potential in the lives of other people. And God needs us to be able to do that for the good of other people around them. That's the hope of the local church. The local church is the hope of the world. And here at Cultivate, we want people to discover what it means to live life on purpose and want them to discover their purpose in God and then begin to go and to live it out. Now today, I want to I just tell you that as we go into this, I want you to think about yourself. Where am I individually? Not just as the collective church, because if we begin to live these principles individually, when we come together collectively, nothing can stop us from doing or accomplishing the things that God would have us to do or accomplishing the things that God would have us to accomplish. Each week, we've unpacked what this means in week one, We were people of purpose. We talked about the reason that we're here and our purpose behind our existence. Week two, we talked about people of tenacity. 
I love that word tenacity. I feel a little taller when I say the word tenacity, and I need to feel that way sometimes. And then last week, we talked about people of surrender, laying our lives down, not just following Jesus or not just making a decision or a commitment, but literally surrendering everything to Him, forfeiting control, relinquishing control into God's hands. And today, I want to talk to you about being people of pursuit. I titled our message today, People of Pursuit, People in the Pursuit of God. Going deeper into the deeper things of God, to be so passionate and to be so hungry about the things of God that He becomes the pursuit of my everyday life. I love the term hot pursuit. I love to watch the show Cops. Many of you have seen that show Cops. Today, one of the most recent versions of that is is the shows where live PD, they're going around and showing what police are doing live on the scene. And you can see the excitement of when they get a phone call and they jump in the car and they put the lights on and they go flying down the road. One of the coolest experiences of my life is getting to do that with one of the police officers, a friend here in our church. And I got to ride along inside a police car. I had a bulletproof vest on under my clothes. And I got to sit in the car riding shotgun to every call that took place on his shift. And we would sit and we would wait and we would watch until the need came for police. And I want you to know, our police officers worked so hard because he was busy all night long. But there was this adrenaline rush when the call would come over And he would hear what the call was and what he needed to do. And when he would flip those lights on and he would accelerate that car, flying down the interstate at high rates of speed with those lights going and the CB going and him giving me instruction. Now when we get here, this is what we're going to do. Stand here. If you get out of the car, stay in this place and be ready for this. And he even told me, he said, look, If it gets crazy, he said, this is where I keep the gun and this is what I need you to do. And I'm like, wow, how in the world am I getting to do this that I get to be a part of this? There was this adrenaline, this excitement in the hot pursuit in that police car. And I believe that living a life for Jesus as we live life on purpose should be the exact same thing as we live a life of pursuit. And today, I want to tell you about three things that I believe that we need to pursue in order to be the church, in order to be the people that God has called us to be. I'm asking you today, what is your life in pursuit of? What is it that you are chasing? I want you to ask yourself that throughout this morning. What are you pursuing in your life? Where is What's getting your time? What's getting your talent? What's getting your treasure? Is it the heart of God and the things of God and the purpose of God? Is that your pursuit or is it the things of the world? Today, I want to encourage us to be in hot pursuit of the things of God. So let's pray together before we dive into the Word. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day, a chance to be together with all of my friends online or listening by podcast. I pray that your word changes us today. It molds us and makes us who you want us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me give you three things that I say we need to be in hot pursuit over. And number one, you need to write this down, is we want to be in hot pursuit of his presence. Hot pursuit of the presence of God. See, every week when we've been talking about our purpose, and the tenacity to do it, and the surrender in which we lay ourselves down to accomplish and be and do the things of God, 
It takes His presence in our life in order to fulfill all of those things. Today, everything that we will discuss that we want our lives to be in hot pursuit of is actually the very foundation to enable us to do all of those things. I have a story that I want to share with you out of Scripture. It's out of Luke chapter 18. And it's literally an encounter with a man who needs a miracle from Jesus. And I want to present this story to you beginning with verse 35. And here's what it says. It says, As Jesus approached Jericho... A blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked, What's happening? And they told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped. And he ordered that the man be brought to him. Now there are many things happening in this portion of Scripture. I love this story because it really illustrates the importance and the possibility that is in the presence of Jesus. What the presence of Jesus brings to our life. This man was literally in hot pursuit of the presence of Jesus. You see, this man is blind and yet he heard a commotion. He knew something was happening. You see, the atmosphere was different. When Jesus' presence is, is, is there in the room, when he is present in your atmosphere, when he is present in your surrounding, when he's present in your life, where the presence of Jesus is, the atmosphere is different. This man knew something was happening. What's different? What's all the commotion about? What's all the noise about? And they said, it's Jesus. They told him, that Jesus was there. And then the beggar was in pursuit of his presence. You notice that he began shouting, Jesus, son of David. He began shouting so that Jesus would hear him. But notice what happened next. They began to tell him to be quiet. You see, they began to try to silence the man who was eager and passionate to get in the presence of Jesus. There's something I want you to know today. That there is something about the enemy that every time we get hungry or we get passionate about the presence of Jesus, every time you sense maybe something is a little bit different, when maybe you consider Jesus in your life, or maybe you start to go to church and then you sense a little bit of a change or a little bit of encouragement, but then something begins to happen to war against you or to pull you away or try to silence you or try to minimize that passion, to put a pause on your pursuit of his presence, the enemy will always try to silence you. He will use your pride. He will use your problems. He will use your uh, circumstances. He will use people. The enemy will use anything he can to try to silence you, to pause you, and to stop you from your pursuit of the presence of Jesus. But look, what did the man start doing? When they tried to silence him, he just got louder. He just decided that he wasn't going to let them stop him. That he was going to get louder than they were. That he was going to get bigger than they were. That he was going to become more outwardly uh, focused than they were. That he was going to be wilder than they were. That he was going to do whatever it took to get to the attention of Jesus so that he could be in his presence. I want to encourage you today that 
Your life must live louder than the silencing of the world around you. Your voice must become more vocal. You have to become more passionate every time the enemy tries to silence you, every time somebody tries to stop you, every time someone says, why do you do that? Why do you even try? Why do you put that much attention into it? Why are you putting your hope into something you can't see? It's because of the presence of Jesus. You've got to get louder than the noise around you. Because when you do, you notice verse 40, Jesus stopped. In that moment, Jesus stopped. When he heard him, he ordered that the man would be brought to him. Can I tell you something? That when you are eager and passionate for the presence of Jesus, that's what catches his attention. See, we think that it's we be good enough, that we perform well enough, or that we are obedient enough, that we shine good enough, that we know enough scripture, we do everything the right way. Listen, Jesus responds when you are passionately in pursuit of his presence. Jesus wants to be with you more than you even want to be with him. God sent him into the world, Emmanuel, God with us, so that we could be relationally connected to him, so that we could have relationship in his presence. He will respond to your passionate pursuit of His presence. I absolutely love it. You see, that entire crowd was in the presence of Jesus, yet there was no intimacy. I want to be very very, uh, aware that when I'm in the presence of Jesus, that I can be around Him, that I can maybe hear Him, that maybe I can even get a tingle in church and I can feel Him, When there's a lack of intimacy, I may not really recognize the very presence, the life-changing, passionate presence of Jesus. How many of us would say, you know what, in this world every day, I recognize that there's signs all around me of God's love, of His beauty, of the creation around me, of the people and the blessings that God has given to me, yet You don't have the intimacy that you need with Jesus. Listen, there's something about the presence of Jesus, just the presence that changes everything. Maybe you haven't stopped long enough to drown out the noise and to ignore all of the silencing of culture and to say, Jesus, your presence is what I want more than anything more than a blessing, Jesus more than an answer of prayer, Jesus more than a feeling, Jesus more than an emotion, Jesus, I just want your presence because it changes things. My son is four years old. As a matter of fact, he just had a birthday on the 21st, and now he's just turned five. i got to get used to him being five years old. And uh, Pastor Brandon Doss, he got a Great Dane. They got a Great Dane puppy. And a Great Dane puppy is like a full-grown dog. And as this dog has gotten bigger, my son has had to get used to this puppy because the puppy, even as a, as a puppy, was way bigger than my son. And the dog is, I mean, as big as a horse, but he wants to play, just like a puppy would. So he comes full force the first time Asher meets this dog. I mean, the dog is big enough to tackle me. And the dog comes at Asher, and Asher is just freaked out. Now, he likes dogs. 
but he's never seen a dog like this. I mean, this might as well be a horse. And the dog is running to him. Asher doesn't know what to do. The dog is about to just completely tackle him. And all Asher is doing is freaked out mode. And he comes to me and he jumps up in my arms. And I pick Asher up above the dog. And as soon as Asher gets in my arms, there's like a breath of fresh air, like safety. I am away from the danger of the dog. And then something funny happens. He looks down at the dog and he begins to laugh at the dog that is on the ground. Now I want you to notice something. We go from panic mode, we go from complete uncertainty, unknowing, don't know how to handle this, how to navigate what's happening, this horse that's attacking, attacking him, to suddenly he's in my arms laughing at the dog. Nothing changed about the circumstance. The dog was still there. Asher didn't grow any bigger. The dog didn't grow any smaller. Nothing about the circumstance changed other than the presence of his father. And with the presence of his father that was able to pick him up and hold him in safety, he knew that my presence was enough, that he didn't need anything else. He didn't even need the dog to disappear. He just needed the presence of his father. And do you know that that is exactly what Jesus wants to have with us? An intimate relationship that says the presence of your Father, the presence of Jesus in your life can change everything. We want to be people who are hungry. Cultivate church. We're people who are hungry for the presence of God. We will always put the presence above everything else. Not for our gain, not that it would just change our circumstance, but we know that when the presence of Jesus comes, the whole atmosphere is different. We are different. We are changed. There is hope for our lives. There is freedom from our sin. Look, the presence of Jesus changes things. When Jesus was present, he calmed the storm. When the disciples were in that boat, and they were all afraid when Jesus sat up and Jesus began to speak to the storm. He calmed it and he brought peace. Jesus filled the boat with fish. When Peter had been fishing all night long and had caught nothing, when Jesus got in the boat, then went out to the same place, they almost sank the boat, not because they were more skilled at fishing, not because they used different lures. They almost sank the boat with fish because of the presence of Jesus. When Jesus was present, Lazarus lived again. A widow's son was raised back to life. He was being carried out in a funeral procession. But the presence of Jesus performed a miracle and it changed everything. At the presence of Jesus, demons began to flee. The lame began to walk. The blind began to see. The deaf began to hear. The mute began to speak. Diseases are healed. The hungry begin to eat. Sins are forgiven at the presence of Jesus. Today, maybe consider the thing you're missing in your life is the presence of Jesus. The passionate pursuit of the presence of Jesus. Things change in you and around you when Jesus is with you. I'll say it again. Things change in you and around you when the presence of Jesus is with you. Church, never miss the power of the presence of Jesus. That's got to be the number one pursuit because in his presence, it changes everything. 
Let us be a people who, when he looks at us, knows that the intimacy with him is the number one desire of our heart. Because when you get in the presence of Jesus, number two, you get his power. Hot pursuit of his presence and hot pursuit of his power. Notice what happens to this man who is yelling and going crazy, getting the attention of Jesus. Look at verse 40. It says, as the man came near, underline that statement, as he came near, Jesus asked him an important question. What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, all right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. And instantly, look at verse 43, instantly the man could see and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. I love this because it says, as the man came near, Jesus said, hey, who was that? Who's yelling at me? Bring him to me. Bring him to my presence. Bring him close, not from afar. Don't just tell me about it. You bring the man to me. And then as the man came near, getting in the presence of Jesus, James 4 and 8 says that if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. Today, it may seem like God is far off. It may seem like the presence of God is somewhere out there and you don't know how to connect. But the Bible says if you draw near to Him, if you move toward the things of God, if you get in the place of God, with the people of God, and in the presence of God, then you can experience the power of God. Because when this man came to the presence of Jesus, Jesus looked at him and said, what do you need? And the man said, I want to see. And Jesus' response through the power of who he is as the Son of God says, you have received your sight. Your faith has healed you. Look, you got to draw near to the Lord. As the man came near Jesus in his presence, he opened himself up to the power of God. After the man is healed and begins to see, notice what he did. Instantly as the man could see, he began following God and praising God. Why was he following him? Because it was his presence that unlocked the power and the man wanted to be in the presence and power of God. Now some of us think this is a a weird scenario. How do you get in the experience the power of God. Like I can't see God. How do you experience the power of God? It's available to you. It just has to be activated. There has to be some motion. You have to be in his presence in order to unlock the power that Jesus possesses for your life. I recently installed a smart lock in my home and I am so pumped about this lock. It's an August smart lock is what it's called. And now my wife parks in our garage, so she's always going inside in the dry and in the warm. But me, I park in our driveway. And when it's raining and I'm getting out of the car and I've got all of my stuff or I've got my son and I'm trying to get in the house, I go to the garage and I'm trying to unlock that door with a key and I struggle with it to get inside. I've got all the stuff in my hands. Not anymore. I installed a lock 
that literally is activated by my phone. You see, when I pull in my neighborhood, I get a notification on my phone that says that I am in the neighborhood. It actually says, I love it, it says, Matthews is in the neighborhood. And then when I pull into my driveway and I get in the presence of that lock, suddenly my phone connects and it begins to by itself in its own power, unlock itself. And then when I get into the house, I literally just turn the knob, open the door, close it behind me, and then it locks itself back. You see, it has the power to lock itself and unlock itself. But until I am in the presence of that lock and activate the power that it has, it sits just waiting on me. All the potential is there. All the possibility is there. But it takes me getting close to its presence for the power to be activated. God has all the power for whatever problem that you're facing. God has all the power to do anything you need Him to do. You just have to get in the presence in order to activate it. What would happen today if you got in the presence of God and you opened yourself up to the power of God in your life? Jesus asked this man, what do you want? What do you need? I'm going to ask you that question today. What in your life do you want? What in your life do you need? If you were to get in the intimacy with God, in His presence, and you were confronted with His power for your life, what would you need? I'm going to tell you as a church, as Cultivate Church, some vision and mission, this place, what do we want from God as we get in His presence and experience His power? We want this to be a place of life change. I pray every single week that as we open up on Sunday, that people from the north, south, east, and west, that even as they pass our campuses, as they drive by, that the presence of God would compel them to come in and be on our property, that they would move to the things of God, and as they pull onto our property, the very presence would begin to fill their life before they even walk through the doors. And I pray over every person that they have an encounter with. As a team, we pray that the presence of God would be so strong that when they get in the moment and they get the Word of God in their life, that the power of God would be transformative. This is going to be a place where addictions are broken, that when people have strongholds of pornography, of, of, of alcohol, and of drugs, and of depression, and you name the addiction and the stronghold, that those chains would be broken, where marriages are restored, lives are transformed, where heaven grows and generations change, that we leave a legacy behind us better than what is already in front of us. In other words, we pave the way, that this is a place to experience the presence of God and the power of God. We will always put the presence of God first. An intimacy with Him. Him in His proper place. The personality of Jesus. And us being close to Him. And then experiencing the power that comes along with the presence. And number three, we be in hot pursuit of His potential. We need to understand something today. That the presence of God and the power of God unlocks some incredible, incredible potential in your life. Look at the scripture with me out of Luke chapter 14. We see what happened to this man who was blind, who wanted to see. He pursued Jesus' presence. 
And because he pursued the presence and came near to God, he experienced the power of God. And because we experience the power of God, Jesus says that through the presence and through the power, it brings some potential. Luke 14, 12 through 14, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone, if you can underline that in some notes you have in front of you, underline it, anyone who believes in me will do the same, underline that, the same works I have done, and even, underline this, greater works, because I'm going to the Father. You can ask for anything in my name, and I will do it, so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for me anything in my name, and I will do it. What an incredible promise from Jesus. Think about the potential. That if you experience his presence, and you get a hold of his power. Notice what he says. He says, anyone, I'm anyone, you're anyone. No, there's no excuse. No, drop the excuse. Anyone who believes in me, well, what happens? When we get in his presence, we'll do the same works that Jesus did. Are you noticing that? Not just for the people over there. Not the professional Christians. Not the people who are better. No. Anyone who believes in Him, that gets in His presence, experiences His power, will do the same works that He's done and even greater. Why? Because Jesus says, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go to heaven with my Father. And I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit to be with you. And why would He do that? What's the point and the potential? What is it to do? It's to bring glory to the Father. Jesus says through what you and I do and the way that we act through the presence and power of God and the way that we serve other people, hey, it brings glory to God. And that's the goal is to bring glory to God through the lives that we live, through the church that we have, all of us coming together to do more together than we could ever do on our own. It is so that the glory of God would be given to Him and that lives would change all around Him. I know for some of you, you're, you're still arguing with me. Right now, you're still arguing. I just read you that verse of Scripture, and you have every reason as to why that does not apply to you. But I'm telling you, it applies to you. There's a great story of Houdini. Some of you know Houdini, the great escape artist. He was very well known for breaking out of handcuffs and getting out of jail cells. He had the ability to, to get himself out of any lock that was placed on his body, any restraint that he was placed in and was locked, except for one particular story that says Houdini was locked in a jail cell. You remember the old jail cells, kind of like in, in Andy Griffith, that, you know, that they would lock in there and the guys would sit in those big cells and the keys would hang on the door, a jail cell. They locked him in that jail cell, and they said he spent two hours with that lock trying to get out of that lock, and he never could activate it. So after two hours, he just gave up. He said, I don't know what's going on. I can't do it. And so the guards came over and literally realized they never locked the door. They just pulled it open, and the jail cell opened right up. That's why Houdini couldn't escape. He couldn't activate the lock to unlock it because it was never locked. All he would have had to have done was put a little pressure on the door and he would have been free. You see, many of us, we are sitting there with all the potential around us, but we've let every excuse, every emotion, and every feeling lock us in this place and we can't find a way out. 
But all the potential is there if only we would activate the presence, step into the power, and receive the potential of what it could bring to our lives. Church, I'm passionate about this today because I want you to know something. Cultivate Church is not about the pastor. I don't care if you ever know the names of the pastors. I don't care if you know mine. I don't know if you care if you know Pastor Brandon Dawes. I don't care about who's leading on a platform. I don't care about any personality other than the personality of Jesus. Today, we are concerned about being people who pursue the presence of God. We want to be close to Him. We want our relationship to be authentic so that we can experience the power of God. And not just for us, because as always, what He does in us, He anticipates doing through us. And the more of the presence and the power that we encounter, the more potential we have for our lives to make a difference. Not just for here, but for all of eternity. As you live your life on purpose, as you give it all you've got for Him, it unlocks a world of potential through the presence and power of God for us to make a difference in the lives around us. And I'm believing that we are going to see life change continue to happen, addictions to be broken. I'm believing that we're going to continue to see life change happen and people set free, marriages restored. I mean, miracles happen in front of our eyes because of the presence and the power and the potential of God. This year, just in 2021, in these few months, 71 people have said yes to a life change in Jesus. And it's my prayer that that's what we continue to see through everything we do through the life of Cultivate. People living life on purpose. That's who we are collectively. And I pray that that's who each and every one is individually. Not just on the weekend. Not just on the Sunday. Not just in our campuses. But in your homes and on your jobs and in your schools and in every facet of your life. I want to pray that over you today. Wherever you are, I want to pray two things. Number one, I want to pray if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that today would be your day, that you would say yes to a relationship with Him. And then I want to pray for us that maybe your relationship with God just gotten stagnant. Maybe you haven't been in the presence of God in a long time. And maybe you need to draw near to Him so that He'll draw near to you. And maybe you've Maybe you need the power of God. You've never experienced the power of God. Maybe you've been hesitant in that. I want to pray for you today that you can be bold and step into His presence to receive His power so that together we unlock all the potential for our lives. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this day. I thank you for every person watching online. I pray today that if there's any of us that don't have a relationship with you, that today would be our day. We pray you forgive us of all of our sin. We confess we've fallen short and we need you above it all. So Jesus, we give you our life. We receive relationship. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so that we can have it. And God, I pray for all of my friends today that we would all lean into the intimacy of the presence of God. To be intimate with Jesus. To get to him. To silence all of the stuff. And do whatever we have to do to get your attention so that we can experience the power that you have for our life to unlock all the potential of what we can do to bring you glory. 
Jesus, we love you, and we thank you for loving us the way that you do and giving us all the opportunity to serve you well. In Jesus' name, amen.